Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Pickles and Vodka, the unfiltered mental health podcast dedicated to talking about the things no one wants to talk about in real life. My name's Christina, your host. And before I get into today's episode, I want to give you guys a little bit of an update into my life. Um, I'm still in Virginia. For those who might be new to the podcast, I live in Seattle, but I was laid off of work about a month ago, I want to say, when the COVID-19 stuff started getting real there. Because I work in the events industry and our business is obviously affected a lot by it. Um, So yeah, I got laid off. Plane tickets back to the East Coast were super cheap. So I got on a plane three days later and I'm still here with my family. Um, I'm staying with my parents and then four out of my six siblings. So that's six people, no, seven people (laughs) that have been in the same house together since this all went down. Um, Everyone's working from home, schooling from home. Uh, Well, my one sister is in the healthcare industry, so she's still going to work, but everyone else is just at home. And it hasn't really been easy. There's been a lot of tension as to be expected, you know, when any family is up in each other's business 24-7. But I have to remind myself that it's a lot better than it would be if I had been in Seattle by myself in my micro studio. My mental health hasn't been the greatest. And I, I know before I left Seattle, right around the time I got laid off, I was just really not having a good time. And I was spiraling pretty hard. Um, and so that's one of the reasons I didn't hesitate to come here because I knew I needed extra accountability because um, I'm pretty high functioning. Like my job is usually the last thing to go. So without my job, I just knew I would need that extra support of my family to um, just get to a better place and stay healthy. So, um, I mean, all of us are going through a really hard time right now, um, whether you lost your job or you're one of the amazing people who works in the healthcare industry or the service industry. Um, it's it's tough right now and everything is up in the air. And when this is all over, it's never going to be the same. And uh, that's scary. Um, but I think it's important to just realize that it's okay to not be okay right now. I, I've been seeing a lot of stuff going around like you are in the middle of a pandemic. It's okay to not be your most productive self. Because I've been putting a lot of pressure on myself to be super productive and get all my projects done, work on this podcast, because I do have a lot of free time on my hands. But I'm also dealing with a lot of mental health bullshit. And uh, I have to just remind myself that it's okay to not be okay. And same goes for you guys. With that said, I think it's really important to stay positive. Uh, Today's guest is Lucy Sarah. Uh, I met her back in 2017. She is the founder of the Fox Run, an amazing women's motorcycle event on the East Coast uh, that I attended a couple years ago. And she's an amazing all-around person and just has such a resilient attitude and sheds light into every life she touches. And it's a really good episode. I'm excited for you guys to hear. If there's one thing to pull from this episode is to just stay positive because we need it now more than ever. And 
there's enough negativity in the world without adding to it. I am trying to be gentle with myself, but I'm also trying to fill my time with podcast stuff while I can. So if you've ever wanted to be a guest on the show, um, but something's been holding you back, this is the perfect time to reach out and chat with me about it. Just reach out and let me know because I want to hear how you guys are dealing with this stuff, especially how it pertains to your mental health. I think it's a really important time to start a conversation because people who don't normally have depression or anxiety, for instance, are kind of getting a glimpse into what it's like to live with that every day. And like I said before, I think things are going to change. Good things are going to come out of this. Uh, But in the meantime, be smart, guys. Wash your hands. Don't leave the house unless you absolutely have to. It sucks. It's going to suck. It's going to get worse before it gets better, but we all need to work together. That's all I have to say about that. DM me on Instagram, Pickles and Vodka Podcast. Email me at picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com. I love hearing from you. With that said, here is my interview with Lucy Sarah. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and enjoy. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, perfectly. Actually, can you hear me? Yes. Let me Yay. just turn my volume up. So how are you doing today? I'm hanging in. Um, we just got the call that Lancaster and York County are now under, um, I don't know what the exact Shelter thing is. Shelter in place or whatever? <laughs> yeah, that, that thing. Yeah, like so yeah. you can't leave your homes? Um, I think we can for like necessities and stuff or not even necessities, but I guess it's just like they want people to not be outside. Right. People are not listening. People are going out in groups and going to the park and. Oh my God. I know it's well, so I'm in Virginia right now. I live in Seattle, but I'm here visiting family and it's the same. It's ridiculous. Wow. So how are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. I'm laid off from work. Uh, I have been for like a month now. Oh, wow. Um, I, I work in the events industry, so. Um, we were one of the first people to get our business uh, cut off. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm on unemployment and, you know, just everyone's in the same boat. Yeah, it's so. kind of like a dead halt for everyone except for people who are, like, still working right now. Yeah, exactly. They're all probably feeling crazier or, like, than they, than they usually do. Probably I know. Right it's like, I don't know which is worse. <laughs> yeah, definitely. My heart goes out to anybody who has to work in the you know, the field where they have to deal with sick people all the time, like yeah. any health cares. Oh, I can't imagine. I mean, my sister-in-law is a nurse and like she and my brother have quarantined themselves from us. Like we haven't seen them in like eight days because Aww. they're like, sorry, you know. It feels like even though it's only like a little more than a week, it feels like forever. Oh, my God. I know. It's like so much changes <laughs> every day. Right. It's it's kind of all up in the air. Yeah, yeah. It's, wild. it's a wild, wild times we're living in. I know. It's crazy. And it's only just begun. <laughs> yeah, this is just the start. And that's the craziest thing. And what baffles me the most is that people think that this is fake. Oh, yeah. I think it's just blindness at this point. They'll, they don't really see how, I don't know. I think they just want to be set in their ways. They're just, I think they're just old and angry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Oh man! But I'm I'm young and angry. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone's just angry. You know, there's no way around it. What right. a great start to the podcast. Everyone's angry. That's it. We are. Yeah. And I, you know, it's I can't be angry at them, and unless I'm you know angry at myself. Well, um, on that note. <laughs> oh man. 
Um, thanks for doing this again. I really appreciate it. For sure. I, I've had yeah, so much fucking time on my hands since coming here, but I feel like I like I have all this time to do on my podcast and I have barely been touching it. I'm like, I should probably yeah. uh Start. Are you are you here? Are you with your parents because you have to be? Or are you here because of everything that happened? Everything that happened. I mean, I wow. don't really have a reason to be in Seattle right now. Um, my yeah, my, I hear it's a lot worse out there. It's crazy, and I I mean, you know, my mental health hasn't been the greatest. And my family was like, "You should just come and stay with us. We can support you." And you know, Aww. plane tickets are super cheap. And you know, my family drives me crazy, but it's better than being by myself in a micro. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. So, I'm, I'm thankful yeah. that you have that option. Oh, yeah. I'm really privileged to have, have been able to do that. They still drive me crazy, but, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> I really grateful. I couldn't even imagine living with mine. <laughs> What's your situation right now? Um, So I live with my partner. He was working during, like, the beginning of all of the start of, like, the lockdowns and stuff. Um, And then his, actually, a gas station right around the corner from his work, an employee tested positive there for COVID. So it sent his entire staff in, like, an upward. He's he's a restaurant worker, so he's, like, the head chef of a restaurant, one of our most popular restaurants in Lancaster. And um, they shut down completely because they were so afraid. They rationed out all the food to employees, and (laughs) we got our share. And so he's been off work, and I think he's been feeling a lot less stressed because of it. Really? It's like good, but bad. Like, of course, we want to work. We want to pay our bills. But also, like, the man was working his ass off and they, like, switched the hours for him. And, you know, I'm I'm grateful that he has this time to rest because it's kind of like a mini vacation for him. It sucks, the the circumstances. But, yeah, yeah, I live with him with our our pets. Uh, My parents live in York. So they're about a 30 minute drive in case anything serious is going on. But for the most part, yeah, I just this is nothing new for me. I've I've already been self quarantining for the last like 10 months um, ever since my endometriosis surgery. So, well, yeah, um, yeah. I wanted to talk about that because I know that there's a lot of intersection between mental health and your physical health because I know you've really been struggling lately. Oh, yeah. And I mean, (laughs) we never talked like a ton at the Fox Run or anything, but I've enjoyed well, not enjoy is is, like the wrong word. (laughs) But like, I love how vulnerable you are on Instagram. And like, I always relate to your posts and stuff. And I hate seeing you struggle so much. It it seems like when it rains, it pours. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I try to, it's easy to have a mindset like that when it rains, it pours. And it's so easy to be like, oh, I've had such bad luck, but I have just as much good luck as I have bad luck. And I feel like more positive things happen in my life than negative. And I just have to stay on that right, you know, that right mindset, because it's easy to fall into that dark hole of despair. And, totally. like, you know, with with having depression and having anxiety, it's so easy to fall into that hole. And so many people you know, we don't have the right resources and some of us don't have any kind of options. You know, we just have the people and some people don't even have that. Some people don't even have anyone to call. So I'm really grateful. So we're 10 minutes in and I realized that I haven't even asked you to introduce yourself yet. Oh, shit. (laughs) So what's your name and where do you live and what do you do and all that jazz? All right. All right. All right. Screeching halt. (laughs) My name is Lucy Sarah. I am about to be 31 on April Fool's Day in like a couple days i almost forgot um i am from lancaster pennsylvania i've lived here for six years now i have two wonderful dogs and two cute kitties i do graphic design and i'm pretty much an entrepreneur in the whole gamut of that idea um i run an event called the fox run an all women's collective camp out 
That's awesome, that's this, by the way. <laughs> this, this year will be our fifth year, which I never thought I would be saying, but it feels great. You know, it's led me to some really great, amazing women, some super talented women, and that's why I'm here today. <laughs> I'm always blown away by just the sheer talent that shows up at the Fox Run. Right. Like, like so many cool mind people. Mind-blowing array of women. It's just a really cool community. I'm glad I got to go for two years that I lived on the East Coast. Yeah, I'm oh. really grateful. I wish that I could have had more time to talk to you at the oh. event. I don't get to talk to anybody, really. Oh, yeah. You're always running around like crazy. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh, there goes Lucy. Up I know. You're either like you have a megaphone and you're like pulling a bike out of the mud or... I don't fucking know. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, <laughs> and like last year, I'm I did get hurt really badly, like right at the beginning before anything started. And my staff and my friends all forced me to take a moment. And I had a healer come up and do like Reiki on me and check my vitals. And they actually made me call my my doctor. And my doctor's like, "You need to go to the hospital right well, this now. Was you at need to go the to the Fox emergency." Run? Yeah, on oh, Friday, I, I was like folding shirts to get ready to launch the merch and I bent the wrong way and I tore a stitch in my um because my, my surgery was only a month before gotcha and I tore a stitch and I had a hematoma in my lower abdomen and I did go to the hospital after you know after everything was said and done and they, they did scans and told me that about it but That's yeah so I scary. had but, you know, had that ha- had that not happened, I would have pushed and pushed and pushed and it would have been far worse and I wouldn't have enjoyed myself. But the fact that it happened and the fact that I listened because I'm very stubborn, yeah. the fact that that happened from that moment, it was such a beautiful thing to see because I was hearing people talking over the walkie talkie and they were like, oh, we got the merch stand set up. What's next? And I'm like up in the cabin like he I'm like up there like doing my best to just n- like let it go. Yeah, and I'm getting. I'm like hearing the like love over the the intercom or over the the walkies. Like, hey, we've got this all set up. We're ready to go. And I'm like, wow. And I come down there, and there wasn't a person who let me touch or lift the damn thing. I walked down, and good. I went to like. They're like, what do you need? Put it down. We got it. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, okay. Oh my god, that's <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, great. I wouldn't expect anything less. Yeah, no, I would never. I it those women, all the women, it's like family. I've never felt anything so like so beautiful in my life like, to be surrounded by all of these women who just like are real. They're true. They're like they want to be your friend. It's not, you know. There's no. I don't even have the words. For there's no fakeness, you know. Yeah, there's there's no genuine. like. They're not out to get you, you know. And that no is fear. rare. I've I've never had a ton of female friends, and so the Fox Run was my first taste into that kind of community, just women empowering women, and it's just wow. beautiful. Oh, my God, I got goosebumps. Oh. That makes me, <laughs> makes me want to cry a little bit every time I think about it. It's so beautiful. Um, yeah, I have to cry, remember though. that this isn't a motorcycle podcast, because I, I just want to talk about the Fox Run, but I need to, like, move forward with our topic. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so it. we're talking about mental health. What is your mental health history like? I have suffered from depression since I was young. Um, I would say the first time I recognized it was 13, but I think it goes back earlier than that. I Gosh, I... For years, I've struggled. When I was a kid, it was even worse because it was just like brushed under the rug. You know, the things that we didn't really talk about. Like if you were angry or upset or, you know, sad, you just never really talked about it. You were either sent to your room or like you, you just dealt with it on your own. And honestly, when I was a kid, it was kind of just like my parents sent me out into the world and, you know, go play. And that's kind of the way it went. 
I never really had any close friends growing up. I always, you know, I had friends here and there, but I never had any, like, I was definitely a loner when I was younger. Do you think that had to do with your personality or the depression or a little bit of both? I think both probably now that I look back at it like uh, earlier I probably would have been like no it was just it was just everybody else but you know definitely you know you got to point the finger at yourself sometimes when it comes to different things like that are you close to your parents or were you back then um I would say that I was a little disconnected from them um had a lot of resentment obviously being you know going into a teenage um, a lot of different things happen in my family that is a little it's a little much to admit and if my parents ever listen to it I would not, I don't ever <laughs> want to talk badly about them but and and that's another thing too is that when I talk about it you know my parents don't act like it happened the only real thing that I have is that my sister and I we rely on each other when it comes to things like that we were never really close um, we were actually fought like tooth and nail when we were kids and to the point where like I think almost all every scar on my body that required stitches was because of her. And Damn. You know, we, we really messed each other up. But it's it's nice now because we're close. And I'm close with my family now as well, my parents. Um, it's the first time in, in my entire adult life that I've had. My parents are like there for me. And not that they weren't before, but now I feel like they are getting a better grip of you know, that I'm my own person and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Yeah, <laughs> regardless finally, of what anyone says. Finally sinking in. <laughs> so thankful. It took some really shitty things for my family and I to be closer. So, yeah, like my mom, like six years ago, maybe seven, maybe six years ago, my mom got cancer, she had, um, colon cancer. And that's kind of what set me with my health into motion because it was like, holy shit, this just got so much more real. Like my chances of getting it went up to, you know. 50 50% chance so immediately went in and wow. you know all this stuff was happening and they I was seeing urologists I was seeing what are they called gastroenterologists and they were just passing me back and forth like we don't know what's going on with you you're fine and then they're just throwing pills at me and that's you know that's kind of what sent me into an even deeper hole of just depression and wanting to die basically totally now how long have your physical health how's that stuff been going on Okay, so I would say when I was a teenager and I first got my period, I noticed that I was having extremely painful periods, like debilitating, knocked me to my knees, onto the floor, like I couldn't get out of bed. I always thought that it was normal mm-hmm. because, you know, they're like, oh, well, you, oh, that's part of being a woman, honey. Um, no, it's not. And what I've learned now after 15 plus years of suffering through this is that if you have pain, with your period or during intercourse or any of that, like that's not normal. And I was just grunting through the pain because I thought I was being a badass, but really <laughs> I was, you know, probably causing more harm than not. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and that's another thing now is I, I realized that had I been diagnosed 10 years ago or, you know, when I was having issues, they would have done a surgery where they just would have burned endometriosis out. And that doesn't really help that, you know, causes more scar tissues, what we're what we're learning and that excision is the best way is when they go in and they cut it out, they go in deeply and they cut it out. So what is it exactly? So endometriosis is scar tissue. And it's when the uterine lining grows outside of the uterus. And when your body is cycling through the hormones that it goes through each cycle, um, it causes basically bleeding. Okay. And wherever that uterine lining is outside of it, it, it basically starts to do what it does when you get your period. And it causes a really deep pain. Um, people can have it on their bowels, their bladder, 
um, you can have it on your lungs and your heart, which is re- those are really serious cases. So I had um, it's called deeply infiltrative endometriosis, and I had is stage three basically, and I had it on my bowels and my bladder. My doctor said that this had been growing for a really long time. So I would assume since when I was a kid and I got my first period at 13, I would assume it started right away. And you can be born with it. Like it's... Well, yeah, I was going to ask like how it comes about. Yeah. So don't quote me on all this, but it you can be born with it. There are a lot of different studies and things going on right now to find a way to figure out there's a light shining on it now and so much more research is being done about it and we're learning as we go. Yeah. Um, I think food, your your nutrition, your like what you're eating has a huge impact on that. Um, years ago, I developed a lactose intolerance, but it was more severe than that. It was more like a dairy allergy. Okay. I was unable to eat dairy. I developed a gluten allergy. And it got really crazy because I stopped eating all this stuff, but I was still having the pain and symptoms. And now I'm learning that endometriosis, you know, we have we have trigger foods with this. Also with interstitial cystitis, you also have trigger foods. So basically eating, you need to eat a very particular diet. And it's not any specific because every body is different. I was going to say, it sounds like you have to learn through trial and error, which sucks. Yeah, you you're really you really do. And mostly every, since everyone is so different, you literally have to eat something and see how it makes you feel. And it could be different during your cycle, too. So oh, wonderful. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot of information. And it feels really it feels really great to be learning and be able to pass that information on to people. And like, I don't have all the info, but I can point people in the right direction to get the right info. And I do feel like there has been a spotlight on it in recent years, like you said, like I had never yeah. even heard about it until a few years ago. Yeah, it's one in 10. One in 10 women in your life will be diagnosed with it. Wow, that seems That's like a, a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot of people. But again, it's like yeah. no one talks about it because, you know, when you're a kid, you're taught that that's just a woman's lot in life is to experience yeah. pain. There's a lot of people in the endo community that, that joke, if this would have been a penis problem, it would have been solved. <laughs> oh, <right>. yeah. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> so these um, physical health issues, they started escalating in the last few years, didn't they? Yeah, they, they started to get worse. Um, I'm not sure what contributed to it getting worse, but it got to the point where I was, so my cycle is 21 days. Usually I start experiencing really painful symptoms, always 10 days before my period, during my period and after. So there's only out of that, like three week course there, there's only a few days where I feel like like the calm before the storm, like, oh my God, my pain levels, I'm, I'm sitting at an eight most days and that's mm-hmm. out of 10. And the only thing that really helps is like my heating pad, hot baths, physical therapy. I go to a physical, a pelvic floor physical therapist who is saving my life. Like nice. I think that number one is the best thing that I could recommend to anyone is seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist. Yeah. Sometimes it's not always the fancy treatments you need. It's just yeah, you know, getting in touch with your body. Yeah, I and they're the first thing they're going to do to anyone is throw pills at you. And unfortunately, to go through it, the only way that they listened to me is when I told them that my family member had endo and she was diagnosed in her 30s. And that's the only thing that made them go or that made them go, what? Oh, okay. Let's oh, yeah, let's totally let's let's do ultrasounds and the ultrasounds found nothing, which is a very common thing. Wow. 
Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Because I think the last time I saw you was I went to the Fox Run in 2018, I think. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't think you were dealing with it on such a big scale then. Yeah. So it's weird because I was having a lot of pain. But you were then. running around and doing all this crazy shit. Um, I, I mean, you thrive. always have been. I thrive on adrenaline. I have always been an adrenaline junkie. And that's something that I learned actually from Lady Gaga. Um, because oh. she actually, I don't know if you've ever w- watched anything with her, but she has a couple documentaries out that talks about how she's able to do what she does because of the adrenaline. And I think that's what I run on because I have high anxiety. And I think that the reason I can do so many things is because of that adrenaline. And I'm like, yeah, or whatever, like I'm scared or I could do it. And then afterwards I'm completely debilitated by it. Like I have to rest for a week or a few days, or I have to take a nap or like, I can't hang out with people for a long period of time. It just becomes, I don't know. And I spent a long time believing doctors when they were like, nothing's wrong with you or you're fine. And I wasn't. And now that I know that I wasn't, I look back and I'm like, wow, I should have been a lot more gentle with myself. I should have said no. I should have, you know, it should have been well, easier. Yeah. I mean, you started the Fox Run by yourself pretty much. Like you didn't have any big sponsors or anything like that. Yeah, um, but I did have a community of women that were helping me. I had a, a, probably around 10 women that helped me. I mean, I could not have done it without the, the support of all of those women. And, you know, we didn't really have any big sponsors. You're right. It, it was a labor of love. It was a huge yeah. labor of love. But before that, I know you did a cross-country motorcycle trip a few years back. Um, oh yeah that was intense (laughs) and were you experiencing your indo symptoms then as well so it's crazy because we left and we rode from pennsylvania to texas in a straight shot and who's we by the way i rode with one of my best friends her name is emily etc she rode on the back with me the entire way to california and back cannot imagine (laughs) it was the most intense thing i've ever done um i think i left with a, a minor uti And by the time I got to California, it felt like a full blown kidney infection. And I had started to pass kidney stones. And all of these all of these symptoms, when I look back now, are all symptoms of IC, um, interstitial cystitis. I'm just call it painful bladder or whatever. Um, (laughs) All of these things were signs of that. And when we got out there, I passed out from exhaustion and I had a huge epiphany. And that's why I started the Fox Run is because I had an epiphany about what the things I was supposed to do. I was basically dying. I was like, my body was like, you know, I lost 15 pounds. When I got back home, I was I looked so skinny and unhealthy wow. from the trip. Like I and I was eating, but I couldn't really eat a lot because of the, the nausea from all, all of it. And so I don't know if that was like a tipping point for me, like if that's what kind of messed me up even more I mean that's a difficult thing to do even if you don't have that disease yeah like, I just it, can't even imagine being in debilitating pain the whole time oh it, I was a miserable person and you can ask Emily too because I still to this day I'm like I am so sorry for being the way that I was and she's like so understanding she's like dude you, I know you were going through it like I just wanted to make you happy and I she's like I couldn't even make you happy and I don't think anyone could have made me happy I should have just went to a hospital and got medicine (laughs) but you know the fighting spirit in me was like I have to do this and Uh, I have a question so I've always wondered this about you about uh, mental health and like how you got into motorcycles are the two connected at all well, I grew up riding. My okay. parents have always rode. And yeah, so I always grew up on some sort of four two wheels or my dad is a mechanic. So I always grew up in a garage. And yeah, I don't know if they're connected 
on a like a mental health basis, but I do know that riding is like that one thing that if I'm like feeling shitty, I like to go out for a ride. And I haven't been riding in a while, actually, but that's, um, that's of that all one your thing. Indo issues. Yeah, it my health in general, and I just you know I want to be smart. I don't want to hurt myself more than I, yeah, I just want to yeah. be a lot more careful now. And yeah. some of those potholes out there are. <laughs> Trust me, are, are enough to make you want to vomit when you hit them. Oh my god, yeah, East Coast does not hold back <laughs> with its potholes. Yeah, no, our our little town here in Lancaster, they are giant potholes, and it's wild. It could kill you. Yeah, it's, it's like it, nothing to be sneezed no, at. No, no. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, that's the one thing. But I am really thankful that I I've always had that as like a fallback on for you know just like a release. I actually my bike's name is Temple. If, if that's any like consolation Aww. to like how much I find that release in writing. I love that. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I have to tell you what my dad did for me since I got here. I was talking to him how much I missed writing because I sold my Harley when I moved to Seattle and I haven't mm. ridden since. So it's been like a year and a half. And oh he joined the local Harley Riders Club on Facebook. He doesn't ride. He's never <laughs> ridden in his life. And no he way. posted and he was like, hey, my daughter's in town from Seattle and she would love to ride. And, you know, it was super sweet. And he did it as a surprise. And the first thing I thought of was, you know, social distancing. I was like, Dad, you can't like I can't go out and meet strangers right now. Like, But it was so sweet. And the president of the club like contacted me and he might end up lending me a bike while I'm here. What? So, oh my god, that's such a beautiful thing. I know. I was like crying. I was like, this, I mean, even if I don't get to ride, like that is a really sweet thing for a dad to do for his daughters. How so, thoughtful. Yeah, super sweet. I agree. Like my mental Huge health, thing. like definitely relies on stuff like that and I didn't realize how much good it was doing me until I lost it yeah it's huge it's and, and that's the thing is that if you've never ridden or never ridden with a group of people you don't understand even riding alone there is a whole different mentality to riding a motorcycle it's it takes your entire concentration like yeah. you can't you know like when you're in the car you're like toggle with the radio or like you're staring at stuff but when you're on a motorcycle you are so focused and the second that you aren't focused, you put your life in danger. And I think that's why motorcycle riders are the best drivers. Well, yeah, I mean, just being on the East Coast and riding in all sorts of weather, you really learn how much you can take. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I talked to Rachel about this from Doomed NYC. I had her on the podcast way like last year at some point, and she was talking that's about awesome. how it taught her like just how much of a badass she was, like what she could take. Yeah, it's wild. you know anything that can go wrong does go wrong when it comes to motorcycling. Oh my god, yeah, and it always just shows you that it's not the end of the world. You can handle it, and it just kind of makes you look at all of the other problems in life as kind of easier to deal with in comparison. Definitely, at least for me. Yeah, it's. I agree. Totally. <laughs> um, so going back to your mental health, like, how would you say your mental health is these days? Um, I feel like I am in a lot better of a place. I'm really grateful to be alive. And I think, you know, even from two years ago, I was in a place where I didn't want to be alive. And yeah, I remember um, that I did try to commit suicide. Um, I actually have a couple attempts, but um, it's been a few years and I'm really grateful that I was unsuccessful because all of the things that have happened in the last five, six years have been some of the most beautiful things. And I am really grateful to be here to experience them and meet the people that I've met. 
it's hard for me now to look back and think that that's how I felt. And I feel obligated to help people who are struggling with the same stuff. Totally. Um, I feel like it's my, my duty to be a light for people who are in the dark because I've been there. And I think that's with a lot of people in a lot of different situations. If you've ever struggled with something, seeing someone else going through that, you just want to like, you know, you just want to be there for them. Yeah. That's, so that's how it is for me. I definitely, it's like a whole lot. Like I do so much now to combat it. Well, think, so like, like what, what do you do? Um, I have recently started going to a therapist and with all of the stuff that's going on right now with COVID, I have been doing over the phone therapy, which is actually really nice. Cause I can, I don't have to like rush to the, you know, yeah. the place where, so it feels cool to do that. She's been really helpful, really grateful for that opportunity. Uh, another thing I've been doing also, I told you was a physical therapy. I go to that weekly and I love the woman that I work with. She is extremely nice and makes me feel comfortable and it's a very very vulnerable thing because like she's touching me in places where you know they're very personal places so you got to really trust the person I have a small group of women that are trustworthy women that I love very much (laughs) it's basically a resource so whenever I'm feeling shitty I usually call my best friend she's part of this group and we talk uh we've been facetiming a lot and we'll just like facetime each other and dance on the phone together Aww. um before covid started she was coming over and we would just smoke weed that's another nice. huge thing that i love to do because weed is like my savior um it's not for everybody cbd is great but for me it works i don't want to be addicted to opioids like that's something that runs in my family and it's such an easy thing and Another huge thing that helped me was I don't drink anymore. I stopped drinking alcohol because of it really messes with your depression and your like your levels of they're suppressed. What are they called? They're depressants. Depressants. Yeah, depressants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're putting that in your body, you're only making it worse. And I noticed when I would drink the next couple of days, I would be so low. You know, yeah. I'd have those feelings of just not wanting to wake up. Like I didn't want to wake up. I don't want to. I didn't want to live. It's not that I wanted to die, but it's I just didn't want to wake up. And yeah. um, now that I've removed alcohol, there are days where I'm like, man, I could really use a drink. But also I'm like, no, thank you. Especially these days. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've been sober for 10 months and I have never Congrats. been. Thank you. It's it's hard. But I mean, it's never been harder than right now. But I mean, it's really good to hear reminders like what you just said. Like it does like for me personally, it makes me suicidal. And sometimes yeah. it's so easy to forget how low you were in the moment when, you know, you do want to drink and everyone else yeah. is doing it. So it's like, well, it feels good at first, yeah, but it's only temporary. And I was doing it for all the wrong reasons. Like, it's not like I was drinking to celebrate. I was drinking because I was sad. Yeah. I was drinking because I was in pain. And I look back now and I'm like, wow, because I started drinking at a very young age heavily. And I don't think that helped me at all. Like, I didn't know better. I wish I could have just been like, what are you doing? And slapped my younger self in the face and been like, you need to stop. I mean, I'm a believer that, you know, alcohol is neither good nor bad. It's, you know, if it hadn't been that, it probably would have been something else. That's just what you needed at the time. Right. And I'm I'm glad that you have the awareness now to say that that's what you gravitate towards. And thank God. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's great that you want to be a light to those that also struggle. I mean, I I wholeheartedly agree. That's the whole reason I try to do this podcast because it's it's hard to talk about. And I do love that you are pretty outspoken about it on Instagram, for instance. Thank you. Do you have any other like things that you want to share with people who might be going through something similar? 
like resources um, or advice? Um, yeah, I do. Well, the number one thing is you have to be your own best advocate when it comes to your health. One of the things that I didn't realize until recently is that when I was going to see a new doctor, they did a questionnaire where they ask you if you're being abused in your home or if you have thoughts of suicide or harming yourself. And I found it's best to be completely honest because those are those things that you look at and you're like, oh, I'm fine. But as soon as you you check that, it's like they start taking you a little more seriously. And that was like the, the light switch flipped for me when I answered. It was a little more extensive questionnaire. It was at a women's hospital here in Lancaster. Um, and I had just started seeing a new physician and they asked me like 10 questions about self-harm and I answered honestly and they came back and said that I was at high risk and I was approved for funding to get counseling. Wow. When was and this? This was maybe like three or four months ago. Oh, I think wow. December, so January. Yeah. And I had never been honest like that before with a doctor. I don't know about you, but I, you know, I never was honest about smoking weed. Because yeah. they ask you if you have drug use, and I always said no. But recently, I started saying, oh, I use cannabis for my health. I use cannabis, like, I have a medical card. And yeah. they don't even question it. Some doctors are like, what's CBD? I'm like, are you crazy right <laughs> what? now? How do you not know? Yeah, I started to be brutally honest. And I've noticed that I've gotten way more help in the medical field by being honest about how I'm feeling. That's one thing I think a lot of people don't do is that yeah. they kind of brush it off and they're like, no, I'm fine. I'm not going to. Well, especially but, if they're used they, to playing it tough like you say you do. Yeah. So. And, and I think a lot of people hold back and that is inhibiting them from getting the help they need and growing. So that's one thing I want to mention. And another thing I want to mention is that if you have a hobby or like if you're struggling with chronic pain or chronic illness, the best thing you can do for yourself is make art or do something that you enjoy. Like you have a podcast. I don't know what else, what other kind of things you do, but that's pretty much um, it these days. <laughs> yes. So finding things to do to keep your brain busy, because the correlation between your pain and your brain, sometimes there's, there's, it's like a huge thing. So not only is it your brain is like, Oh, I'm in pain. You know, your body is reacting to that. So your body's reaction for me, it's, you know, diarrhea, constipation, and you wouldn't think that you could have both at the same time, but you definitely can. <laughs> so that's those, those are huge things for me. So when I am when I am in high stressful situations, I lock up completely. My body responds because it doesn't know any better. It's in it's in fight mode. So meditation of any kind, there's tons of apps out there. I just recently down one, downloaded one called Sanvelo. I haven't heard of that one. How do you spell it? Um, S-A-N-V-E-L-L-O, Sanvelo. Oh. It's um, really great. It's free right now, actually, during the pandemic oh, um, nice. to anyone struggling with their mental health. So I recommend that to everyone. I'm going to download um, that tonight. <laughs> not sponsored. Not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they could have. I mean, I'd love if they did. But um, yeah, so that app, that app's really cool. Doing art, calling people, telling people, being honest with your friends, your family, with what you're struggling with. Even if they don't know how to handle it, at least they're aware and they can have a little bit more compassion because of it. Yeah. I mean, that's another question I had for you is how open you are slash were about your mental health. Because it sounds like you're, you're pretty open these days, but has it always been like that? Um, no, I think I hid it away for a long period of time. It wasn't until recently over the last couple of years where I started 
you know, I cry, I cry openly on social media now. I don't care if anybody <laughs> sees it. Like, you know, that's honest. And I'm a crier. So I could be happy crying or sad crying. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Um, I never have really been open with my emotions with my family. But um, I definitely have cried really badly around them. They make me cry all the time. <laughs> Not recently, Oof, but um, it's really easy to get emotional with them, you know. Yeah. But now, now that I'm older, just everything switched when I turned 30. It was just like, oh, you're an adult now. You know, yeah. you've got all these diagnoses. Like, I've got all these diagnoses. I've got all this stuff in front of me. And now I'm just I'm just doing what I know how to do. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, like, what was the thing that made you start being more aware of that kind of stuff? I mean, you mentioned your mom's cancer and the, yeah. the wake up call you had there. And that that would do it. Yeah, that was a huge one for my family. Like, she, how that is she was... doing now? She's in remission now. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Oh, she yeah. is in remission. She made it back. She was on her deathbed. And she, I know where I get my fighting spirit from. Nice. <laughs> Definitely from her. And as shitty as the situation it was, it was a biggest blessing in disguise because it brought our family so much closer together. So much, so much light was shined. It's like kind of like a, an iceberg there's all this stuff in the dark and now it's all being like brought to light. So that's amazing. so weird because Lucy means light. <laughs> really? Yeah. Lucy means light. And I, can't, I love, I love it. I love it so Own much. Own it. Yeah. Um, I mean, bringing it back to what we were talking about at the beginning, like COVID and everything, I feel like it's kind of a similar situation. Like it sucks for everyone, but it is bringing a lot of people closer together. And um, yeah, people are, are starting to do things that, they normally didn't do like they didn't have time to talk to their friends on the phones and yeah. didn't have time to FaceTime no time yeah and now we've got all of this time in the world we have all this time most yeah. of us most yeah. of us have time people who are working their asses off don't have any time right now but yeah it's it's uh some wild times we're living in for sure <laughs> do you have like any good advice you've been given over the years that you want to share yeah um to treat each day like it's a new day and if you had a shitty day yesterday try to wake up with a refreshed attitude about it because it's like it's a chance to start over you wake up and you can do anything you want like it's a brain like you were literally given a life yeah you know you were given the ability to wake up and do what all the things that you need to do and not to like let anything dwell over you. There's another quote. There's another thing too that someone else told me is that like to be grateful to exist in a time that all of these things are happening. The, the, the fact that we get to be connected on social media and have everything we need at the drop of a hat to exist in this time. Yeah. Like there's a reason we are all existing in this time right now and we're seeing what we're seeing and we know what we know. And we're learning what we need to learn. And what a beautiful thing. Like that is that outlook and that idea has completely changed my mindset. Totally. Like I'm here. I'm here for a reason. There's a reason that we're all here. And if you don't even if you don't know it yet, that's fine. Like you don't have to know. But just understand that you are here. And it's such a gift. Oh, we need more positivity like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I, I don't even know who said it to me or what I heard it on. It might have been a podcast with um, I Am Sahara Rose. She's a, a life coach. She's so wonderful. I've been listening to all of her podcasts. Um, yeah, just that idea of that life is a gift and that we need to be grateful. And it does take shitty things to make us realize that, unfortunately. But Yeah, I mean, 2020 is a gift. It's it's still so early. 
Yeah, and that's the one thing. So I've already started quarantining myself months ago. I already stopped splurging on, like, I used to get my hair done, my nails done. I used to, you know, do all the things, you know, being extra girly. And since my surgery, I've, like, cut back on, like, I haven't had my hair done in the only reason I got my hair done was like in October, I had a wedding to go to. So I got my hair done and I haven't done anything at all. And I haven't gotten my nails done in over two years. Like I just, it's almost like I was being prepared for this very moment. Hmm. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't I know mean, if anybody else feels that way. I mean, I'm glad that at least even if you didn't know it at the time, you were preparing for this. So it's less of a, of a shock now. Yeah, it's a it's a weird it's definitely weird, but I'm finding comfort in knowing that everything that I've struggled through has led me to where I am right now. Yeah, and you can show people that it is going to be okay. Like you can go through this. <laughs> Everyone's running around crazy with a, you know, they're just like running around and here I am just like this is my normal life. Like Yeah. <laughs> everybody needs to calm down. <laughs> Have you seen that meme that's like when you realize that self-quarantine is another way to describe your everyday life or something like that yes (laughs) me on a daily day me on my daily my daily life i feel targeted by that (laughs) shots fired um well speaking of uh podcasts and stuff do you have anything cool to recommend before we end the call because i know people need stuff like that more than ever right now yeah, um, so what I've been listening to is the Sahara Rose podcast, and that talks about Ayurvedic healing, and that has been a huge thing for me. I feel like I was guided by source to learn about Ayurveda and what healing. It's basically, it's the science of life. I'm pretty sure that's the correct definition of it. It's life science, Okay. and they take nutrition, health, your, you know, your lifestyle, everything into this integrative way to heal yourself and it is deep and I recommend anybody struggling with any of this stuff mental health chronic pain illness whatever even if you aren't anyone to learn about it and um she her podcast I started from the beginning and I got to like I'm at 50 now and she's got over 200 episodes and some of them are anywhere from 25 to an hour or more and what's the podcast called? So her website is Sahara Rose. And the podcast is called Highest Self or okay. The Highest Self. And it's been changing my life. Um, it talks a lot about some really deep stuff, some really deep ancestral stuff. It's a lot to dive into, but it's just a, her, her idea is a modern approach to this type of healing. And a lot of it's very ancient. It's like ancient healing. So yeah, yeah and we have lots 100%. of time right now. So <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's as good a time as any. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I recommend it so much. I actually learned, I don't know if you know who Alistair's Elixirs is here in Lancaster, but mm-hmm. she, she makes products like herbal products and some of them are infused with CBD. Actually, most of them are infused with CBD, but she sells these products. And she was the one that gave me, she gave me this book about Ayurvedic healing and was like, I think this is going to help you. And I, I'm not much of a book reader uh-huh. just because I, I have a little bit of dyslexia. So reading can be hard for me. So I listen, I love listening to like audible and podcasts. Yes. So I read as much of the book as I could read. And then I ended up finding this Ayurvedic teacher. She actually wrote the book the uh, idiot's guide to Ayurveda. It's crazy the whole story behind that. But sh- so I was helping a client 
who was a life coach who was like, I really like this. I really like this website and showed me her website. And I was like, oh, shit, I need to like, I, what is this girl talking about? The hype, so, yeah. So I started listening. I'm like, oh, my God, this is like life changing. And sure enough, like here I am. I just listened to the science. I followed. The, I, it was guiding me. You know, I was yeah. meant to be where I'm at right now. So that's amazing. Yeah. And I know my <laughs> listeners will definitely benefit from something like that. Well, I hope that they do. I, I'm really grateful to have anybody listening to me. Like that's, <laughs> it feels really great. Yeah. Um. Do you have anything else you want to say before we call it quits? Um. I just want to say that I love you, Aww. Christina. I love you. And I love everyone listening to this. Thank you so much for hearing what I have to say. And I hope that whatever you're struggling with, that you find some light and some peace and are able to move past this beautiful it's so beautiful I'm crying oh I'm crying um <laughs> do you want to tell people like where they can follow you and stuff so my Instagram is at Lucy Sarah with two H's and you'll know it's me because you'll see a lot of motorcycle and flowers <laughs> <laughs> um also if you're interested in following the fox run it is at the fox run um anything else uh bum yeah that's that's all that's all you need to know basically (laughs) if you need anything send me a message (laughs) yeah thank you so much this was amazing i just feel really positive after talking to you and i hope the listeners feel the same way i'm giving you a virtual hug right now oh same (laughs) i hope it feels good because it feels good over here (laughs) i mean even if we were in the same room we'd have to give each other virtual hugs oh yeah i would totally give you a virtual (laughs) hug if we were in the same room same that's the weirdest thing i've ever said all day today um (laughs) on that note i hope you have a wonderful night (laughs) you too sweetheart thank thank you you so so much. much all right bye bye